Hello, everyone, and welcome to MSP Community Live. Uh, today, I am guest hosting uh, with someone who uh, is very prominent in the MSP industry and someone uh, I deeply respect. Uh, Marnie, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I, I feel like there's some inception of guest hosting with guests and all <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, and it's, 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 uh, I think we've got a fun episode today. Um, it's, it, we're going to talk about some things that, uh, aren't super talked about throughout the community. Um, and it's, they're, they're important pieces of MSPs and of, uh, businesses in general. Uh, so I think it's in your tie. <laughs> yeah. uh, shout out to my tie that my wife bought me uh recently uh and by recently i mean within the last two years because i don't exactly remember uh a, <laughs> i have a matrix one too, too. <laughs> uh it's halloween so i figured i'd dress up uh or at least it's halloween between now and the next uh msp community <laughs> live uh next yeah. week so yeah well i'm uh, super glad that we're uh, getting to chat about some things that aren't typically chatted about in the msp community since i've never been an msp nor do i pretend to play one on tv i'm much more comfortable with the conversation we're gonna have than if we take a deep dive into everyone's favorite server <laughs> right uh and i i specifically made sure that we had questions lined up uh that would that you'd be able to assist us in answering um it, it's it's like I said, it's an aspect. And uh, I would like to give a shout out to uh, my MSP's director of accounts who may be watching. Uh, yeah. She provided us with a lot of these questions, if not every single one of them, uh, because <laughs> I know as well. Yes. Uh, and because I know she's uh, very, very good at her job. And uh, we're super excited to have her a part of the, the company. And uh, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be good. Um, so, uh, you had some things recently happen, um, fairly recently, uh, that I've, not everyone would know. So you want to give us a little bit of background of, about sure. you just in case they don't yeah, know who you are? Just in case. Just so the people case. that do know, they're going to roll their eyes when I say it again. I'm going to say it anyway. So I started out, I'm Marnie Stockman. Um, I was the CEO and one of the co-founders of Lifecycle Insights. So started out as a high school math teacher, which tells you a couple things, right? I'm good at sales and customer success because I sold pre-calculus to 16 year olds. So that is uh, how we landed. Um, uh, what, why I think that like that's why it's not sort of a disconnect that I landed in this space. Uh, from there, I turned into, I was the math supervisor and then I ran customer success for one of the software companies that we used in ed tech. It got acquired and acquired and acquired and became the largest tech company in the world. So if you get remind notifications about what your student, what class your student, your child missed or, uh, you know, what homework assignment they have due, I may or may not have worked for that company. Um, and so I've done uh, I've I've watched, seen and witnessed good, bad and ugly business reviews. Um, so some of the developers and I were out looking for a problem to solve. And I'd played uh, volleyball with Alex Farling, who was an MSP for 20 years. And we'd never really talked about work. But one night I said, we're looking for a problem to solve. Is there one in your world? And he said, yeah, QBRs. And specifically, um, that led to QBRs and customer success. So that's how I landed here, um, <laughs> which I, is a fantastic. Like, I so enjoy all this thing, uh, all this 
all the community really that this um, channel has. I think that's the power of this community. Um, in addition to the work that they that managed service providers provide to small businesses. Yeah, awesome. Um, there's a lot of uh, problems to solve in the MSP space. Uh, yeah, we well, that was we, just the one that was most relevant to the way we solve problems. So I should put yeah. it that way. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's fun. Uh, yeah, that's good. Uh, Lifecycle was a great product. Uh, we used it. Uh, we still use it. Um, and, I still uh, love it, for the record. Yeah, it's now a scale pad <laughs> product. So if people yep. are hunting it down, that's how to find it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it allowed us to do a lot of cool things. Uh, so definitely solved. Uh, you definitely solved the problem. Um, so hats off to you for that and the team. Uh, I know you got to, I know it's not just you and there's a bunch of people behind you. So I want to mention them too. Would not even, um, you wouldn't even claim that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although Alex doesn't count. He doesn't get any. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell him I said that. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get a text here soon or a DM from LinkedIn or something. <laughs> no, you know what? When So we were small but mighty. There were four co-founders. And when we sold, there were only seven of us. So literally, if all of us weren't giving our all, we would never have been able to get there. So everybody for sure pulled their, pulled their weight or yeah. more. <laughs> yeah, uh, de definitely. Considering the, uh, the rapidness of your development for that small, small of a team, you guys did yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Um, so let's, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Uh, a very good question. Uh, in the realm of MSPs, and I know you may, you, you interacted with them, uh, and, but you kind of understand the business model, right? Oh, I mean, thousands. And I talk to peer groups all the time. So yes, I definitely, I've spent nothing but four years chatting with MSPs. So do you have a matrix or outline that justifies the value and effort that people put into a recurring services contract? Is there anything along those lines? Um, so I, I think when I think about this question, I think about how the MSP is tracking kind of who is important in their world. So you and I've talked about this on the, the, the bits and books is all revenue is not good revenue, right? Yep. And so to have that is one of the first elements that I think in defining true customer success for your own business. So one of the ways that we did it in Lifecycle Insights and that I did manually prior in previous worlds, right? And with a spreadsheet, et cetera, was to really chart folks on a grid of like, okay, what is the value they're bringing to the table, which for the most part is MRR, right? Yeah. Versus the effort it takes to bring that to the table. So like when I say effort for a client, value is easy, right? Especially in the managed services, it is for sure either MRR or target MRR. So if you've just, if you're planning a land and expand model and you've only got Microsoft licenses, you know, that they're paying through right now, but you see that the opportunity could be a $30,000 a month job. You want to view them as higher than the actual dollars coming in. But when I say the word like effort or complexity, what do you think, like what comes to mind for you of this is something that would make a client sort of harder to support? uh a lot of things um it it when i when i look at this you because there's also uh an inflection point to where the amount of work being put into a, a recurring services contract uh outweighs the price that's there 100 percent. um and that's going to alter the potential of that total mrr that you just discussed uh because ability does matter yeah, you might need to increase that. And that might be a sales opportunity to raise their contract to hit that target MR based on the work they're putting forward. 
Um, so the uh, the amount of work and what type of work going into the contract is probably one of the biggest things I've seen yeah. um, as far as, as, as that. So in, um, in Lifecycle, the first thing that they automate is um, tickets, right? And really, more importantly, the number of tickets is tickets per seat. Because yeah. if you've got a hundred seat client putting in a hundred tickets, that is way better than a 10 seat client putting in a hundred tickets. <laughs> like those, those two things yeah. are not the same, right? Uh, uh, to, to add on to that, um, that's, that's the, that's what I would call an initial indicator of a problem. That, right. That's what I mean. Like starter, not, yeah. that's just a starting point. Um, what I would add to look at to that say, immediately second, once that's you, you've indicated that issue is would be the amount of, hours you put into those tickets because with that wouldn't you say the type of ticket like if you all had them all on a specific board to indicate it wouldn't it be easier to just like all right we really don't want any of these types of tickets uh correct uh kind of um so in that scenario like the majority of our proactive tickets that we get that's generated based on an alert that you know the majority of those are self-solved we don't necessarily want to show them as something the msp has worked on yeah um but Sometimes it does require an individual um, to investigate or to do some fixes. Uh, even though the client doesn't see it, it has no issue, it happened. Uh, we spent time and effort and labor into verifying the issue is real, putting fixes in place that weren't automated or maybe fixing automation to fix it. Um, yeah. And that should be counted, uh, in my opinion, at least. Um, and But yeah, it's for the, there, there are ticket types that don't necessarily warrant uh, including in that number. The other, so... And it, it's not always just a number, right? Sometimes there are other things that impact complexity. The two, um, the two things that a lot of our partners would talk about wanting to add to, you know, like, okay, we're going to use this to adjust, you know, kind of create our own inflation on some of these would be onboarding. So a new customer, if we use this in Lifecycle to talk about the cadence for how often you should deliver business reviews, right? Because we know they're not all quarterly. But if you have, a brand new client um, that's onboarding monthly or quarterly business reviews at a minimum would be the place to start. Now, in the long term, they might be kind of a small fry and will fade into a semi-annual or more of an automated cadence, but onboarding sort of kicks them up a level in terms of effort. Uh, the other two pieces that I sometimes hear folks kind of averaging in are um, if they're high compliance, right? A Department of Defense contractor is already more effort than, you know, your local mechanic, um, just based on what their needs are. Uh, and then the other piece could potentially be number of locations, especially yeah. if they have not moved to the cloud, right? So those are the things I hear as people are charting out and really we draw a quadrant <laughs> and do it manually to start. Mm -hmm. If you haven't done it, you know, if you don't have it in life cycle, manually do this and put your clients in the quadrants because your high value, high effort clients are the ones you need to meet with quarterly and your low value, low effort clients or low value, high effort clients are the ones you need to fire or, or come up with a strategy for, right? Yeah. Uh, so succinct. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's a lot of people, a lot of businesses and a lot of uh, executives don't fully understand uh, what that high effort, high value, low effort, low value situations are um because there are clients that you get and you're like oh i haven't seen a ticket from them in a while right uh and there are clients that are like another ticket from them um and th those are situations uh or 
cues of potential issues that you yeah. need to to look at uh, inside your business. And it's not something that um, is going to be on the surface level if you don't constantly look at it. Um, so yeah, that's that's definitely good. Any any other tips or advice for for looking out? Uh, well, once you put them on that chart, you need to color them basically based on what you just said: red, yellow, green in terms of health, right? And mm -hmm. you know, you talked about oh, they're yammering on a lot, like one more ticket from Kyle. Um, but if Kyle stops putting in tickets, that's an indicator, right? Silence is deadly yeah. um, in terms of conversation. So, so you have to plot them so you know what value they bring to your business, who you want to move, <laughs> where your referrals might be, mm -hmm. and, and then use the health to determine what actions you're going to take for them. Yeah. Um, and uh depending on the situation and the context surrounding a client not everyone needs to be moved oh uh, 100%. yeah, yeah. Uh, so keep that in mind as you're you're charting that stuff uh you know it, it, may, it may be a perfectly okay client that's a mid-value mid-effort or high value high effort or low value low client that's just yeah. there um and you have a decent relationship with them and they you it may not just be one you need to move uh so you know it Attitude and relationship also play a factor in that stuff too. And I think also um, to your point, low value, low effort, they may be very comfortable there and you have a great relationship, but that's also the place where maybe there are things you can do to work with them in bulk. So that yeah. because you said at the very beginning, some folks, if they're paying you $1,500 a month and it's going to take somebody an hour to drive on site, an hour to prep, an hour to have a QBR and an hour to come back. You've just spent four hours off the 1500, right? Before you yep. even solved a ticket. So they may not be profitable enough to warrant an on-site business review. So everybody deserves a business review, but they don't all deserve the same business review. And I think one of the powers of what you hear in this space is like, everybody should be getting quarterly business reviews. They're also the same people that are saying everybody should be paying $300 a million dollars. Like, uh, whatever, <laughs> like yeah. pick, your, pick your number. But the reality is that, especially when folks are starting, when all revenue is good revenue, right? As you, as you become more operationally mature and you recognize that some of the revenue doesn't have that same value and it's not moving in that direction, there's a whole, you're masters of automation. So use all of your automations in your marketing system to give the same type of value to your clients, right? Without mm -hmm. the drive. Same effort. Yeah, same effort. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and it's very valid point. Like you can do a remote QBR just as well as you can do an on-site one, but putting that FaceTime in might be important for a higher body client. Uh, but it's not necessarily needed for a lower body client. Um, and they're going to appreciate it probably more so than the higher value client. Um, well, they also don't have time to talk to you. Like, sure. you know, <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's an important factor as well. <laughs> right. So they appreciate the fact that you're valuing their time in a different way versus a CEO of a large company that they spend their days thinking strategy. Mm -hmm. And so like they should be the one having the strategic conversation with you. hundred um, percent. So that gets into uh, another question that uh, I think is going to be very fun. Um, and oh <laughs> <laughs> so let's, I want to, I want to talk about, because uh, my MSP struggled with this initially. Um, and this position has many titles, uh, 
you know, customer success manager, account manager, you know, client relations, partner success, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Uh, they deal with the accounts from a relationship standpoint more so yep. than a, a technical standpoint. Um, so how do I recognize as a business uh, when I need to hire a CSM or an AM? Yeah. Um, so a lot of folks, so if, if you, if you, have a conversation around sort of your books and customer success managers. A lot of people will want to say, well, they're just a cost center, right? Like I'm just bringing them in to, uh, to kiss babies and shake hands. But I would say that it's really, um, you know, 90% of your revenue is retention. And so they're protecting your business, right? So there's a lot of the best offense is a good defense. Sometimes first they provide a defense. So what does it feel like when you're ready for one? Um, my guess is, and I've seen this a ton, the smaller the company, the more likely it is that customer success isn't a standalone role. It is part of what the owner is doing, right? Mm -hmm. The owner needs to be thinking strategically about how to grow their business. In order for that business to grow, they need to think about skills, strategies, techniques that their team can use to grow. So they need to be able to hand that off to someone else. So you know, there's, it typically happens around, I guess, seven to 10 employees where you have to have a dedicated customer success human, but you're going to feel it way before that when the, when the business owner is not able to respond in the instant that somebody texts them, right? The, the way they grew their company was through great customer success. Anytime Kyle texted me, I texted him back right away. I was always there to pick up his call. Well, when you have enough clients that, Kyle had to wait 15 minutes before I texted back, right? And didn't get an immediate answer. You need to have somebody else that can help build that relationship. Um, the, the rub of that is, I think the quotes by Warren Buffett, it's something like, it takes 20 years to build your reputation and five minutes to ruin it. And that's the fear of why people resist getting a customer success manager because the owner is going to have to trust that human to hand over the relationship. And so I would say earlier is better than later because you can help on the job training when you still have time to go, like, let's go do the business reviews with me so that you're building the relationship with me instead of just like hover, drop them out into the Atlantic ocean. Say like, good luck, little trooper. Hope you can handle that account. Right. You need to hire them before you're in that panic mode of, I can't even make the next meeting cause I'm so busy. Yeah. Um, when I was building out, uh, our account, management system and solution uh, once we decided, yes, this is something we need um, before we found our amazing director of account management. Uh, I'm not going to mention her name because I don't want people to find her and try to take her away. Yeah, I hear uh, you. <laughs> uh, so press the force to be reckoned with. Yeah. Uh, so I, I built out our entire, uh, the, the scope of, of what we were doing. And, yeah. and that's definitely that the trust factor is one of the biggest things that uh, was discussed was because um, the owner was going to have to hand uh, his relationships that he's cultivated and yep. built on uh, yep. over to someone else yep. uh, who isn't him or who he hasn't worked so closely with to be able to, you know, 
under like they understand what he's trying to do and they share the same exit they're one-to-one and in, in their values and and situation right uh and that was a, a point of contention when we were looking at who we we're going to place in the position um but when we instituted our account management uh we hired four people to do it uh immediately to do the job because that's how far behind we were um <laughs> <laughs> That's saying something for sure. Uh, so, but um, I mean, we're, we were we we grew really fast, really quickly. Uh, so we're you know growing pains. We had to we we had yeah. to you know it's just stuff we had to do as a, a business. Um, but it's it's it, it's good to when you start when other people have to start stepping in to help you work. It means that. you're growing, right? For sure. Yeah. Uh, when, when, when other people in the business, because with us, it, a, a lot of that was pushed onto our service manager as well. Um, and our COO were stepping in to help facilitate issues and stuff like that. Uh, and you know, once you start recognizing that as a business owner, um, that means you need someone in place, uh, or at least someone to have that responsibility. Um, yeah. It's often a piece of somebody's role before it becomes its own yeah. individual role. Uh, it's kind of interesting. It also, so you need the person, but they also need the process and the product to make it happen. Um, when I first started as customer success manager, we had, so the owner was doing customer success, just like we're talking about. And he had, they had two large accounts. They had other customer success team members, um, but they had a, a $1.7 million account in Florida and a $1.4 million account in Maryland, and he couldn't do both. So he hired me to take the Maryland account and um, it was interesting. I got all of Maryland and on Friday night, I would get a call at 5.30 when clearly he remembered I existed again and had some brain space because he was no longer working, you know, his, his nine mm -hmm. to five house. And then he'd start listing all the school districts in Maryland. And then the following week, the same panic, like how's blah, 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 right? And I'd have to go. So it's 5.30 at night. I had teenagers that I'm trying to get to a football game oh, or a volleyball yeah. match or whatever, right? And and it was just constant, like it was panic because it was the 20, 20 year versus five minute. Like you haven't yeah. ruined the state of Maryland. Yeah, right. And so the third week that happened, I created a spreadsheet and I read yellow green to everybody. And if somebody was red before the Friday night call, as soon as they went red, I would send them a note. This client needs this, right? And this is what I would yeah. recommend for the intervention. Um, and that eventually led to the, so internally, we ended up using, we built a spreadsheet and then we bought a tool. And then when we came to the MSP space, we built Lifecycle Insights. And I can remember the day Nick sort of like pushed me a note, if you can do that over Zoom, but it felt like he just sent a note yeah. over said, like, we did this. Like you write the book, we'll build the product that does what, you know, but specific for MSPs um, because it's different than the SaaS world, which is where we came from. Yeah. I see a couple um, questions in the chat. You want to? Yeah, ask? it's actually a really good question. Uh, so are, are, are you including a discussion of AI strategy and compliance into Q4 QBRs? Um, and are there AI tools you like for MSP customer success? Um, so for us, uh, I don't think we're discussing AI strategy. Um, I don't know that it's a developed enough technology, aside from the warnings that you want to give just people like, hey, don't put IP into the system and don't uh, like rely on it word for word what it says. Um, 
and compliance should be an always discussion, yeah. uh, especially if it's in a, a field that you know has compliance issues like healthcare or finance, things like that, right? Um, it should be a discussion point and, and everything, um, especially if they're, uh, you know they're not compliant. <laughs> uh, it's not always the role of the MSP to make them compliant, um, regardless of your opinion on that fact. It's generally what it is. Aware, right? Yeah, you should at least make them aware, um, but you can't make them run policies and do policies. Uh, but so, I mean, you should at least discuss, hey, just an FYI, you, you should be HIPAA or PCI compliant. Uh, and here's the evidence we see that it's not. Uh, and you should have an option to at least be able to provide to them uh, either a, a, a vendor who does compliance um, would be my recommendation, uh, you know, an expert in it, uh, ha you know, have, have them on file to talk to. Uh, While we're on Q4 QBRs, I mm -hmm. think I, we always recommend budget for the next year, right? That is oh yeah, first end of year budget, right? So this is the time that they may have some end of year spend down money and then they're projecting into next year. If you wait until January to tell them, like I would always say to other vendors at Lifecycle, you cannot tell me on December 15th or worse, January 15th, that you're upping your prices for next year. I budgeted for next year last quarter. Yeah, October, like, like now. So uh, yeah, exactly. So a new event, like, no, I don't, I didn't, I didn't say for you upping your prices 20%. So no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> They're yeah. like, what do you mean? I mean, come to me in October. Um, so I would say the same for MSPs, get ahead of it. Don't wait until January. Uh, the second question is an interesting question um, yeah. because I, I am not in customer success. Uh, I, uh, play one on TV. Um, <laughs> uh, I see uh, ChatGPT as a useful for things I'm not sure. Like it, it utilizing ChatGPT in an instance where uh, you can ask it questions uh, as a it's better a Google search tool. It's is, is a is, good research tool. Yes. One of that's um, what I would give it right now. So if you're in, uh, let's say you're in a vertical of uh, accountants, right? That's your vertical. They're going to be throwing terms at you that you may not understand. Uh, ChatGPT will explain those terms to you and will do a deep dive into those terms and uh, oh, elaborate. Uh, <laughs> uh, exactly, uh, you know, th throughout what, what you may be missing. And uh, if you're not comfortable with asking the client, right? Um, you, you, I recommend you be honest with the client and say, hey, look, I'm not super familiar with your uh, acronyms and terminology. Do you mind explaining what that means? But that's my opinion. If yeah. you don't feel comfortable doing that, ChatGPT will absolutely, uh, without judgment, give you all the answers. <laughs> um, now, I wouldn't necessarily repeat everything it says as fact, uh, fact. Yeah. but it'll give you an idea of what they're discussing and what their acronyms are. Um, and that it can be a really useful tool for verticals and even technology you're not super familiar with so that you can, uh, again, it goes back to, you know, being honest with your clients and your and your and your discussion points that you're not super familiar with, but the idea you have is X, Y, and Z, yeah. um, and finding an expert if if one is needed at that point. And the same would be true about interviewing questions, right? Like, what are top ten interview questions to ask? So it wouldn't be bad to say, like, what are the top ten technologies that accountants need? What you know, and for and for a CSM who's non-technical um, to get that. English to English translation language that I often talk about, right? Their job is to translate business into tech and tech back to business. 
um, for their clients. I think it's useful for that. But I haven't seen any specific, um, there are no customers. So when I think of customer success in the SaaS world, I think of things like Gainsight, Churn Zero, Totango, et cetera, that's tracking health metrics, et cetera. Um, there are some things that are starting to track ticket health um, and, and sentiment on ticket, but I haven't seen anything like Lifecycle Insights, which I know they're working on some uh, AI components, but I haven't seen anything that is doing the same like auto segmentation, auto health based on, you know, sentiment and tickets and type of thing. We're actually doing that. Uh, we take our, the, the ticket body yeah. and ask a private version of ChatGPT, which isn't yeah. recorded. That's important, a private version so, of ChatGPT that is and we run it through and ask like, where should this go? What's the, the sentiment? Uh, is there any specific things you need to highlight for us? Uh, and it will list out all of those things. Uh, yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Not I perfect, have, but it works. I some ticket time. triaging, like I'm an advisor for mm -hmm. once, so I'm not gonna specifically call them out, but who that that's what they're doing, right? They're auto pulling in sort of auto triaging and yeah. delegating. Yep. Um, so you mentioned something that I wanna to latch on to. Yep. Um, do you think CSMs should be technical? Do you think they should have uh, a technical background or technical experience? Uh, so, you know, as you, like anything else, it depends. And some of it depends on the size of the company and what kind of support you have. What I see for a lot of the growing companies is a VCIO that's very technical and then customer success managers that are less technical. Um, I, I think, so there's there's a challenge with, the, with each. Often the technical ones, are the ones that you have to really pull back and define the boundaries so that they don't do the work they shouldn't do. So I think it is really important that your technical CSM does not solve tickets before they become tickets. Uh, and they will think, why? Really I, can, I can make them excessively happy by solving their ticket on the instance. And believe me, like they had to drag me kicking and screaming from doing this myself because while I wasn't an MSP and I'm not technical, I'm very good with the software that we used in the ed tech space. So I could solve a lot of problems for them. But the language that helped convince me that this was not the place for me was um, first, it was always reactive um, and, and customer success should be proactive 75% of the time. Two, support never got to see all of the problems to see if there was a larger problem, right? If I could create workarounds, they're never acknowledging the fact that, oh, like 15 people today had the same problem and we need better documentation. Or do you know how much time our clients are spending doing this? We should fix, we should build automation or fix the product to address that. So I think it's really important if they are technical to say, you need to reel that back in and the other piece of that is in a business review, your client literally does not care about what kind of flux capacitor you're buying for them because that's all they hear is flux capacitor. Um, people always ask me who we should hire for CSMs. And I always say like teachers, nurses who are really good at saying what people, is your people. problem? People, people, what is, what is the solution, right? And we'll follow up. It is more important that I can chase you down, Kyle, and get you to do the work that my client needs than for me to be able to do the work. Because then I'm going to get frustrated. Like, yeah, I know what Kyle needs you to do. He's got, nope. All I need to be good at is ensuring that I can watch the process and 
and build that relationship to help them know they trust me. We're going to solve your problem. And they know that I understand their problem. You know, you mentioned something uh, about who you should hire and uh, it really just clicked for me because my wife's a nurse uh, and she would make an excellent CSM based yeah. on her being a nurse and her uh, the nurse philosophy of patient care first, everything yeah. else second. And uh, if, she, you know, nurses can't sign prescriptions or anything like that, but if she needs something to happen, uh, they need a prescription. She's absolutely getting on the phone she to talk to a doctor or a right. nurse practitioner or whatever and uh, exactly. getting that done. Uh, exactly. And So would you want the nurse, like imagine how much time that would drag on the nurse if they also wrote all of the prescriptions, right? Yeah. Like just. It, and it, that's, a, that's a great point. Um, I, uh, to, to add on to that, do you think we can train technical a, a technical person to be our main communicator? You can, if they like to talk to people, right? I mean, I, I talk to thousands of MSPs and many of them will self-admittedly say, I'd rather talk to my keyboard than to a human. So if they, I, can anyone be taught all of these skills? 100%, right? And there are absolutely skills that, um, like I said, people can be taught. Some just might, that might not be the world that they choose to live in. And I'd like to point out, so asking about their core values and like the way they like to work, like what working with me looks like, I think is really important. But mm -hmm. some of that is also um, not just the type of work that they like to do, um, but what what is their drive? What is their motivator? So I am not coin operated. In this world, money is how you are showing value to many things. So I acknowledge that we needed to sell software and lifecycle insights, and we did so very successfully. But we did it without salespeople because we said our only goal is to create raving fans. So the quote that I love is by Singh is, the, the job of a business is to create customers who create more customers, right? So customer success humans are not sales humans. Sales humans are coin operated, give them a quota, they're just going to go chase it down and close deals. Customer success humans are driven on wanting to help people. So we hired two retired two um, vets as customer success managers in Lifecycle Insights. And all they want to do is serve others and help others. And when I would say, if the competitor would be a better choice, I need you to send them to the competitor. Because all we want to do is solve the problem. And that will be better for us in the long term than having a, just a combative relationship, you know, the entire time they're your client. So if you're training a technical human to do customer success, you want to make sure that that's a drive for them to solve problems and help people. And I find that technical, I find that MSPs absolutely went into the business because they were, they enjoyed solving problems for other people. Yeah. Uh, and it's, that, that's my philosophy uh, in general. Um, uh, and that's, Part of the reason why MSP Geek itself exists, uh, the community MSP Geek. Uh, Absolutely. Those yeah. who don't know, right, free to join. <laughs> uh, is, uh, yeah, on Slack. Yeah. Discord. Uh, <laughs> Discord. We have a website. Uh, we have a conference coming up. Um, uh, but it's, it's it, the whole premise of the community is people helping people, uh, our yeah. goal. And we have vendors in there. And when we, when vendors come in and hang out with us and they, they participate like Lifecycle has, uh, it is the, the thing we advise them to do is uh, two things. The first thing is to um, don't come in here to sell. 
you mm. will not get people to talk to you. Yeah. People won't yeah. engage with you yeah. um, because that's not, we, we feel that's doesn't build the raving fans, you know, cement yeah. that, yeah. that, that, uh, those hooks into the, the, the client that you're looking to get. Um, and once you establish yourself as someone who's an expert in your field, who understands that people will come to you and ask you questions. And if you answer their questions, open and honestly, uh, they will buy your products without you having to do anything. Correct. Um, it is absolutely the best way, in my opinion, uh, to, to get, to, you have to, if you show me that you're an expert in a problem I have, and that problem something like a QBR or like an RMM system or whatever. Yeah. And I can, and, and I have faith that an expert has built this system. I'm going to buy it without having to worry about uh, much less issues because, you know, I'm not dealing with a salesperson who's going to maybe tell me yes to everything I'm asking, yeah. uh, regardless of what the actual answers are. Right. It's, and yeah. uh, you know, not to bash, uh, uh, you know, salespeople, because there's some really great salespeople out there who do wonderful things. Um, but, but it is, uh, you know, it's, as you said, it's coin operated uh, industry. And uh, like, we don't personally believe in quotas at our MSP, because I think it's just, it adds that extra, just not comfortable feeling because it feels like they have to push to sell instead of, is it a good fit? It right. was, is it friends? I won't, I won't quote the right human, but the quote is, um, what is inspected is what is expected, right? So if your quota is what you are inspecting, then the salesperson will expect that all their job is, is to raise that number, right? Versus customer health or something else. So the final question I want to ask, uh, and then we can uh, wrap up, uh, is what metrics would you recommend uh, any MSP uh, who has an, a, a CSM or an account manager uh, or doesn't um, or is looking to build one out, uh, what metrics uh, would you monitor for that role? Um, because they're, they're, while they're someone to protect your business, they are a cost center that generally doesn't generate a lot of revenue, yeah. um, but it is a massively important role inside of any business, in my opinion. Um, so what would, you, what, what would you recommend we look for? Can you see me flipping back in my book because I wrote these long the other day and I'll forget one. I, uh, um, but that's okay. I can remember it without it. So the first thing to think about, probably not a metric to look for, but I do think it's something that a, a customer success manager should monitor their calendar and check because the rules are you should be 75% proactive and 25% reactive. So customer success managers or owners who haven't gotten a customer success manager yet start to feel a ton of stress and miss work-life balance when they schedule their calendar full all day and then have to do their real work, their mm -hmm. proactive work at night. So monitoring your calendar is critically important um, as part of just the, the, the life and health of a customer success manager. As for business metrics that I would look at, my favorite is there should be zero unsuspected churn or unreported churn. So you are going to lose clients, but you better see it coming. So you never get in trouble if you say, okay, that company has just gotten new leadership. They already have an IT department that is in fact a quality, you know, MSP that works with them and, and you lose to them. 
you should have indicated to someone new leadership, potential for churn, get the meetings, right? You should have a care plan to address that, but you still might lose that to no fault of your own. So you should be tracking health metrics that will align, that will allow you to determine your likelihood of retention. So regardless of how you do that, that's a biggie. Um, The other piece is stack alignment. Um, And people that buy in and are like, I trust Kyle Spooner, whatever he tells me is what we're going to do. They are more likely to increase on their stack alignment. Like they're going to be more aligned to all of your standards and services because they're, that's a good client for you. Um, we worked with one client who asked us to build a report, which we did, um, that said, if, if these four things aren't all green, I'm in jeopardy of losing a client. Are we meeting at whatever our scheduled cadence is for business review? So they want to have that value, that strategic conversation with us. Are the budget holders, the decision makers coming to the table? Is stack alignment increasing if it's not already green? And lastly, have they accepted a recommendation from us? So a lot of people tend to think that, well, they're paying their recurring revenue and they haven't, you know, we haven't um, had any problems with that but they haven't accepted a new recommendation from us in over a year. So I think those are other interesting metrics for a CSM to track along with organizational stability and viability of the business. When COVID hit, restaurants were in jeopardy. Every MSP that worked with restaurants was like, okay, we see this coming, right? What's, what are we going to do? So that those are the things that I see a lot of our partners monitor. That is incredible. You went a completely separate way that I was thinking, uh, and all of those are great points. They're going to be hard to measure, um, like an automated, because uh, my yeah. first thought was like great CSAT score, yeah, uh, and the, the 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 cheesy metrics that you get yeah. one off, you know, uh, cost, you know, churn rates and NPS. things like that. But uh, that those are all great things to to track and and put into place. Uh, well, the ones you just mentioned are a component of the health metric, but as you said early on. It's just a component in the same way that like anything else is just a piece. Like, so answering number of ticket count is only a piece of really the effort it takes to support a client. Yeah. Cause it, the, the, when you mentioned um, the, uh, a client leaving because they got new leadership or, you know, they hired someone new or whatever um, that doesn't have the relationship with you, who makes the decisions now? Uh, we actually ran across this recently. And that was the thing that came up was, uh, you know, why are they leaving? It's because they got new leadership uh, and they're high, they, you know, this person's doing the the decision-making now and we just don't have that relationship and they want to move yeah. on. Yeah. Um, and, and that's like a, that's a fantastic point. Uh, you know, once that, once you have that, cause they're going to do an introduction call, you can immediately like that should send warning signs uh, to everyone. Yes. Um, to, so that you can at least be prepared internally and try to try to build that relationship early. Absolutely. You know, there's a chance yeah. it's not probably not going to be large depending on what, like if they hire an IT director for your, for that new company, that's probably not like they didn't have one before. That's probably not going to be something you could say, but you could try. Yeah. Um, there's so, co there's, you know, co like sure. there's, there's yeah. a lot of ways you could still support them. The other piece is when that becomes a reality, the way you leave someone says a lot oh, about you as yes. a company. So if they did hire an internal IT director, what you know is that internal IT director is not going to compete with you against any other business. So when that CEO has decided, well, I really liked Kyle, he's just not our IT director. When he goes and meets other CEOs, and they're looking for an IT mm-hmm. company to work with. They're going to say like, 
you know what? We couldn't use them anymore, but I know the company that we just acquired loved Kyle. You should go check them out. Yeah. Uh, and they're, this has, in my experience, this has happened before, uh, is when they've hired an IT director and things didn't work out with that IT director. They were much back. more likely to come back um, instead of hiring a new person. So uh, that is pretty much all the time we have today. Um, and it has been amazingly wonderful having this discussion with you. Uh, I'm I have, super excited I got invited. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thoroughly enlightened uh, in an area that I'm not familiar with. So I always enjoy uh, having conversations with people in different areas because, you know, you never know when you might need some knowledge to pass on to someone else. Uh, agreed, agreed. So uh, is there anything you want to say before we go? Any any new things you want to talk about yet? Well, just thanks for having me. Oh, I mean, I do have another book coming out, so I'll at least put that plug in. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Just follow me on LinkedIn and you'll <clears> see some <throat> news soon. <laughs> uh, can't wait to read that one. Uh, uh, yes. an... <laughs> I wonder what it will be about. <laughs> uh, so uh, that, that's great. Uh, I appreciate uh, you guys for tuning in. I appreciate Marnie for being here and for uh, MMN for having uh, me and Marnie to, to, to fill in yeah. today. Uh, yeah. And uh, there'll be another episode next week. Uh, and, you know, there's all the other MMN stuff like Bits and Books is happening now. Like um, <laughs> uh, and then there's the standard, like I, I believe all the stuff is returning next week. Um, uh, what wins and losses, uh, dispatch is still going and stuff like that. So, uh, tune into MMN. Uh, if anyone needs anything, you know where to find me. Uh, Marnie's on LinkedIn, as she mentioned. Uh, I know uh, our, the producer threw that up earlier. So, uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. Have a wonderful rest of your uh, day and weekend. Yeah, thanks so much. See y'all. This has been a broadcast of the MSP Media Network.